Hello and welcome to the Booktopia podcast. I'm Ben Hunter, the fiction category manager at Booktopia. I'm here with my boss, Joe Lewin. Hello, everyone. And we are across the road, across the room, sitting across <laughs> from Matthew Evans, a chef turned farmer turned author turned TV presenter who has a new book called On Eating Meat, The Truth About Its Production and the Ethics of Eating It. Thanks Welcome. For, thanks for having me, well, guys. Thanks for making the journey up from Tassie. Pleasure. Pleasure. I love talking about this topic. This is like so close to my heart. This is something I've been re- trying to reconcile with my, in my own head, so it's really great to have a book out there to help other people reconcile the issues around eating meat. Good. Well, you're going to be um, uh, informing us today because we're fill-ins because our non-fiction category manager, who's been reading and loving this book all week, is at home, probably on the bathroom floor, very... <laughs> and he will absolutely love having that out in a public forum in this way. So we're going to make sure Bron doesn't edit that out of the podcast. <laughs> so tell us, Matthew, um, are you telling us in this book not to eat meat? Uh, I'm not try- trying to tell anyone to eat meat or not eat meat. Like This is a book that I, f- I feel, I guess I was looking at the arguments around people saying, uh, you know, you shouldn't eat any meat or you, should, you know, it's great to eat, you know, Paleo and eat lots of meat. Mm-hmm. And I, what I was interested in was the, the true impacts of our, our meat consumption on our, our um, environment and on the animals that we consume um, mm. and on the farmers who have to do the, the work on our behalf. So I'm not trying to convince you of any to eat or not eat meat. What I'm trying to do is inform people about, uh, you know, just give people um, information about uh, how to choose meat that suits their moral framework. Mm. So I, 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 I talk about really intensive agri- uh, farming in Australia and how, how that has impacts on animals and some of them not so good and some of mm-hmm. the awful things that are done in our name, uh, in the, in, uh, the name of meat production. Mm-hmm. But I also talk about um, veganism and how um, it's very hard to grow anything without having an impact on animals. So mm. if you're a vegan, it doesn't mean that nothing gets hurt and nothing dies. Mm. It's just different things get hurt and mm. different things die. Mm. And, um, and so I guess it's trying to give people that information so when they go out, they can make decisions about... Well, yeah, I choose to be vegan, but maybe I should buy organic because yes. they haven't, then they haven't used pesticides because uh-huh. pesticides will kill way more animals than, you know, eating beef, for mm-hmm. instance. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so, um, you know, so you can make your own decisions about what the meat you eat. Um, mm-hmm. but, but what I want to do is, I guess, say, you know, have you, have you thought it through, uh, all the impacts mm. of your meat consumption? I might get you to tease that out a bit because that's, Bit of an eye opener. You you were using an example earlier of a mate of yours who's a uh, runs an apple orchard, and he goes and shoots possums. Yes, yeah, so I I live in an apple producing region in mm. in southern Tasmania, so there are lots of orchardists near us, and I've got two friends who who are uh, orchardists. They both produce juice, uh, and their the, the apples end up in cider, but they also sell fresh apples um, that you might uh, you might have bought in a supermarket, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, to protect their crop. Um, because there, there's so many possums in Tasmania, they they get a license to to shoot possums, and so one of, one of them I know he killed uh, on average one possum a day um, in spring. Um, kills one possum a day in spring to protect his orchard. Now um, that's so you can eat apples. That's so you can mm. have apple juice. And so you know, uh, killing a possum, uh, no one ate that possum. That that possum just died for, for, for and never became human food. Is eating apples doing causing less death than eating beef where if you kill a 450 kilo steer you can end up with you know a good 100 kilos or so of meat that can feed people high quality protein um, uh, and it's still only one death 
Um, you know, so 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 uh, what I'm trying to do is say to people that there's nothing you can eat that won't have pretty much nothing you can eat which won't have an impact on animals. How you frame that is entirely up to you. If you choose to not want to eat animals, to not have an animal, um, you know, to not eat animal flesh, that's absolutely fine. But it doesn't mean that nothing gets hurt and nothing dies for you to eat. And then if you're going to eat an animal, shouldn't that animal have lived its best life? Shouldn't that pig be able to express its pigness? Shouldn't the, the, you know, a cow be able to eat grass, which is what cows are genetically designed uh, and evolved to do, mm. um, rather than you know, keep them in places where they, they eat a Feed diet that's unnatural? Yeah, yeah, eating a, natural, a diet that's unnatural and that has uh, other impacts because... Um, you know, a cow eating grass and burping out methane, um, everyone thinks that's the devil. You know, there's, a, there's a lot of information out there that suggests that, that cows are going to kill the world because of all this methane they burp out, which is a, a, a pu- really potent greenhouse gas. Mm-hmm. But um, if a cow eats grass but burps out methane, the methane gets converted back into uh, carbon dioxide and into grass um, and doesn't actually add to the greenhouse effect the things that add to the greenhouse effect are burning fossil fuels. So mm. that's, that's a very, it's very, that's very complicated and you're going to cut that out. Mm. But, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, um, uh, an animal that, that gets to live its natural life and, um, and eat a, a relatively natural diet and express its instincts as much as we are, allowed, we are able to in a farming system mm. is, a, is, is a, I think that uh, uh, should be the aim of all noble farmers. Mm. But that doesn't mm. happen if you choose the cheapest quality meat, if you choose to, to buy meat from a system where they don't let the animals live uh, in, a, in the way that the animal was designed to live. So I'm trying to empower people to make choices that are better for the animal and better for the environment. So you live on a beautiful farm in Tasmania. Unfortunately, I live um, in the inner city of, of Sydney. <laughs> um, how do I... How do I structure my intake of meat and my diet so that I'm doing the best that I can do? Yeah, that's a really interesting question because I think on average in Australia, we eat as much meat as anyone in the world, 110 Mm -hmm. kilos or so um, per person per year. And some people eat no meat. Mm. And so there's a lot of people making up, you know, they must be eating a lot of meat Mm -hmm. per year. And we don't need to eat that much for our Mm. health or for, for any of the micronutrients and certainly, um, it can be damaging in, in the sort of that sort of quantity. So, um, uh, the, I guess the, what I'm trying to do is say to people, um, can, are you eating too much meat? Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone can make their own, their own decisions about that for mm-hmm. themselves. Cause it's, um, but also, um, how can you choose better meat? And there's a whole chapter at the end of the book in, in, in terms of, uh, I've, I've constructed arguments throughout the book about you know the impacts on animals and on the environment, but at the end I talk about how to choose better meat mm. um, because not all of us have the chance. We don't always have the geography. We don't mm-hmm. always have the uh, the finances. Um, we don't always have the ability to make a better choice. Mm-hmm. But that does those those days don't matter. Don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. Food is your friend. Don't th- treat food as your enemy. But on the mm-hmm. days when you do have a chance mm. to, you know, to where you have a chance to, to choose better, to make a better decision. Um, if you can go to a farmer's market, if you can choose the cage-free eggs, or if mm-hmm. you've got enough money, choose the free-range eggs. And if you mm. can, you know, if you've got enough money, buy the free-range that aren't ten thousand to a hectare. Get fifteen hundred birds to a hectare. You know, the, the mm. higher quality. Get the the organic chicken. If you've got, if you're really cashed up, get the organic chicken. If you can't mm. quite afford it, get the free-range chicken. Mm. Um, you know, every time you make a better decision, you'll make the world better for for animals mm. uh, and mm. and, uh, and and make the world better. But don't beat yourself up when you don't mm. have any choice. When you're mm. just trying to get dinner on the table on a Wednesday night. You know, it's food is our friend. Don't treat it as your enemy. Don't stress about it. 
the book is, I guess, trying to empower people to, to say, okay, I know there are impacts. Mm. Can I eat a little bit less meat? If I'm not sure where the meats come from, maybe I should have a meat-free mm, you know, mm. meal if I'm out for dinner and, I, and, and they, they can't tell me the origins of, of the pork. You know, has, has it come from uh, you know, a farm um, where, you know, where they wouldn't do things that I would like? Uh, maybe I should have a meat-free meal. Mm. If I'm at a farmer's market and I can talk to the grower you know, about something, maybe I can choose the, the eggs that come from their chickens that they can show me pictures on their phone of the, of the chickens running around in long mm-hmm. grass. So I know that that's a better system for my moral framework. Mm. Um, and, and that's, that's the aim, ultimate aim of the book is to empower you, whether you live in the city, live in the country, mm. for, the, for the moments when you do have a chance mm. to make a better And choice. how do you think that translates to um, people who are different in, in different economic situations? Because obviously uh, not everybody can afford the, the organic chicken, not everybody can, uh, can afford the, the highest welfare eggs. What's your advice for people who are you know, really trying to, trying to do the best that they can on a lower budget? Yeah, and that's a really hard one. Well, I, I guess like all of these things... I, um, uh, I, I would suggest that good quality meat has more f- inherent flavour. Mm. So, so you can get away with using less of it. But it's mm-hmm. also about, I guess it's about cooking skills and being able to, um, know that you can make a meat free meal mm. that tastes absolutely cracking. Mm-hmm. And maybe instead of having meat five nights a week, mm. have it three nights a week. Mm. Um, you know, so instead of having it seven nights a week, have it five nights a week or whatever, but spend a little bit more mm. on the meat you do buy mm. and, um, and get by better quality on those days. And then on the, the days when you're not eating meat, um, cooking something that's just as delicious and just as satisfying, um, but saving the money mm. and putting it into the, the better quality meat. I mean, the, the essence, what's really interesting is when I did the, the numbers on this, we have never spent less on meat than mm. we have mm. as a proportion of our income uh, than we do right now. Mm, it's so, not a luxury anymore. So we're so, consuming much more, aren't we? Yeah, we're consuming more meat and we're paying less than, as a proportion of our income than we ever did. People go, oh, it's going to cost us way too much. We already spend enough on meat. Do you think because it's negligibly cheap now, people are letting a lot more of it go to waste? Yeah, definitely. And that's one of the great tragedies, that people will buy cheaper meat and then waste 30% of it. Mm. Uh, uh, people buy the bulk set of sausages because it's slightly cheaper yeah yeah and then waste it and Mm. and and you have to look at the numbers in context people will say there are and i always feel bad that that there is there is a certain parts of our society and who who should who just need food security right there's Mm. lots of people who just need food security and i guess what i'm aiming at with this book are the people who are who have food security who Mm. are then looking at the the other bits of their life the cultural um, significance, the ethical significance of the food they eat. Um, and, and they're the people, I guess, that can afford to make the decisions. Because think of it this way. In, in Australia, we spend about 4% of our income on meat, right? Right. On average. Yeah. In Sydney, people spend 3% of their income on international holidays, right? We're not talking about unaffordable. It's just mm. how we choose to spend mm. our money. Mm. So if you want your international holiday and you want to have pigs and chickens living in, in, in appalling conditions just so mm. you can eat cheap meat, you can do that as a society. Mm. My, my choice would be, no, that's not appropriate. Maybe spend a little bit less on the international holiday mm. and it's not, or, or eat less meat, but mm. eat better quality when you do eat the meat because something lives and dies at our command and things mm. can suffer at the hands of humans because of the decisions you make at, at the checkout in the supermarket or at the, at the butcher shop or at the farmer's market. Yeah, price and convenience definitely seems to be winning that fight when you look at it on a macro scale. Do you think the, the meat-producing industry is something that needs to be more tightly regulated? 
Yeah, that's 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 interesting. Should it should it be more tightly regulated? Uh, yeah. Part of the problem is there are regulations that aren't necessarily enforced, mm. and but, and what has happened, and and this is the tragedy of of the polarisation of the debate is that that we've had fifty years of animal rights groups filming and breaking into farms and and ex- trying to expose some of the things that are done. The, yeah, the things that you and I probably would consider cruel or, or inhumane or whatever that are done to animals in our name, and yet all that has done is, pro- is promote more secrecy. Mm. All, that has, all that has done, the current federal government have announced that they, they're going to clamp down on activists breaking into farms. They haven't announced that they're going to do more visits to abattoirs, more yeah. visits to farms. Mm. <clears throat> they're they're going to do a community consultation to find out what is... A, do, do, do Australians en masse agree with cage eggs and if we don't, get rid of them completely mm. or whatever. What they've said is we're going to do more secrecy. So what we've done is said there's some rules in place. They may or may not be, be well um, regulate, actually regulated in, 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 uh, in place, uh, in, in person. But um, uh, as, as the activists get more busy and try to expose more of what's going uh, on behind the farm gate, the farms get more secretive. Mm. So all we've done is end up with worse, worse animal outcomes. Yeah, and it's, the debate seems to be increasingly polarised. It's polarised, and, and I guess the aim of what I'm trying to do with on eating meat is is say actually, yeah, you know, this debate has been taken up by the people who want to do terrible things to animals mm. and say don't look behind the farm gate, don't open the shed door, there's nothing to see here. And on the other hand. People who say, don't eat any meat, eating all meat is murder and killing stuff. Yep. And actually, you know the people who, who resp- are responsible for animals? It's the meat eaters in Australia. Mm. It's not the farmers and it's not the vegans. It's the meat eaters. And they're the ones who I would love to see step up and say, you know what? You know what's done in our name? We would like you to do better as farmers. Farmers will do better if you ask them to. Mm. You might have to pay them a little bit more or, mm. you know, they might have to be regulated a bit more, but they will do better. P- meat eaters... They exercise economic clout. So we're the ones who through our, you know, when we spend money at the butcher, at the farmer's market, at the supermarket, we're the ones who can actually influence animal outcomes if we choose to spend our money in a better place. Vegans, vegetarians, if they're not spending money on meat, don't have that economic clout. And we live in a society that's supply and demand. If people people say, you know, we want more free-range eggs, there are suddenly, you know, farmers producing more free-range mm, eggs. If people say, a, I want... Yeah. That's been a massive, I guess, success for uh, animal rights, the, the progress between free-range eggs being very much a fringe product in grocery stores to now... Being the norm, almost. Being the norm. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge and it's great mm. and it's been driven by the public. We didn't wait, you know, we... You, <laughs> The regulators, the you know, the, the people who you would think would come in and say, you know, there are certain standards that, that mm. we as a community uphold, you know, should, should uphold in terms of animals. Um, we, the, the, the politicians and the regulators didn't do it for us. Mm. So we as a society changed it mm. through our spending habits, mm. and that's the beauty of the system: is that even even with a la- with a lack of leadership, mm. that we can exercise power mm. through our wallets and purses. Mm. That's great. I want to nip back to the environmental sustainability issue. Um, we've got this fantastic argument um, on the ethical grounds for um, more hectare, more acreage per chicken, you know, um, uh, moving away from battery farms, for example. Um, and at the same time, 
we have a growing world population, which we need to produce a lot more, particularly, you know, meat, eggs and dairy for. There's a huge spike in demand for that. Um, you know, I've heard experts saying that battery chickens are the most efficient way of getting protein to the most amount of people um, with a, a smaller carbon impact. Um, and then there's this other side of the argument that says chickens need room to be chickens. Um, how do we square with that? How yeah. do you square with that? Yeah, yeah, that's, and that's, a, that's, that's a tricky one. Because really, when the, the, the politics or the ethics of eating meat of eating generally boil down to those three things, you know, my, my personal, you know, my health and, mm-hmm. and uh, my palate, like, you know, my, mm-hmm. the pleasure I get from, from food, um, the impact on uh, the animals uh, that, that uh, we eat and, I guess, the impact on the environment. And those are sometimes in conflict. Um, uh, so it, it's not always easy to reconcile those two. Yes, you can have... You, in, in theory, it's it's less carbon to produce chickens in in more confinement. It's less carbon, so carbon by I mean burning of fossil fuels, essentially new carbon going into the atmosphere. Um, uh, if you uh, if you keep pigs closer together, um, there's less damage to the soil when you keep pigs in sheds mm-hmm. than when you put them outside. There are certain reasons you might think that they, that would be a better idea. Um, I guess um, there. For a start, we already produce enough food for uh, 11 billion people. We just mm-hmm. we just waste most of it. Mm. Um, most of the food in the world is produced by smallholders. So 70% of the world's food is produced by people on really small farms, um, generally family-run farms, and most of that is produced by women. Okay, mm. they are the they are the producers of of, uh, of of the majority of the world's food. So when you and I think of food, we think of massive pig sheds and mm. we think of broadacre crops that go from here to the horizon all mm. just wheat or all just soybeans or whatever yep. that's not actually how most of food in the world is grown at the moment mm. um, so we already produce enough the problem is we, we have don't have the political will to to get it to the people who need it the most and we waste so much of it um, uh, so i think we have structural issues in in the agricultural system that we need to address but um, burning fossil fuels to grow grain, um, to burn fossil fuels, to transport the grain, to take it to a shed, to feed to chickens when chickens can eat waste food and bugs and grass that, mm. that, that exist in a paddock is, I don't think, accounting for the entire cost, you know, mm. the entire impact. Um, it's very easy through these accounting systems to forget um, the that you can only burn a fossil fuel once, mm. you know, whereas a chicken can walk around and peck in the grass and you can move them to some new grass and they can come back and peck mm. the old grass. And, you know, you can do that in theory forever mm. if you're not burning fossil fuels um, and it's not adding any new carbon to the system. So the, so the impacts are sometimes overstated. Um, certainly it, when you look at how land is used, there's lots of land that's not suitable for growing fruit and vegetables mm-hmm. that animals can graze yeah. and produce food for us. So when you look at, you know, um, lots of places uh, in the world, they can produce more food per, you know, acre, whatever you want to call it, using animals in the system to 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 use the stuff that we can't eat and turn it into something we can eat. So turn waste product into, uh, yeah, something that humans can't either can't or won't digest um, into uh, food that we can digest, eggs, milk, meat. 
there's a lot to um, unpack in this book, and I think it's going to be a big deal for a lot of people. <laughs> um, the last thing I want to ask is um, you are probably going to be ruffling some feathers on, on both sides of um, what's become, as we said, a very polar thing. Um, there's been um, really large-scale demonstrations going on in Victoria um, from uh, you know, what, what the media is kind of calling militant vegans. <laughs> and then, um, as you said, we've got a, um, a intensive meat industry that's trying to lock down and um, support itself. Um, and uh, garner the support of the public and the government. Um, are you going to make some friends or some enemies with this book? <laughs> oh, yeah, certainly within the the, the, the polar the, the ends of, yeah the poles, polarized ends of the debate. I don't think I'm going to make any friends. Um, uh, I think you're going to be selling your book to those militant vegans. Uh, look, I think I think the thing about it, the book is not anti-vegan um, mm. at all, and it's and it's not a, you know, it's not anti-animal farming. It's just sort of trying to say. There are ways we do things that we could do better. Um, there, there, everything we do has an impact, and um, and so meat is producing meat has an impact, but not eating meat still has impacts, and animals still die. So you have to reconcile that fact and say, we as a community, what what's yeah, your average person, not you're not your extremists on either end. What's a what's a nice path to navigate through this quite difficult topic? And I'm just trying to empower people to be able to, to make their own decisions and feel comfortable about their, their own meat eating and not feel as conflicted as, as I used to when, uh, when I first started researching this book. Well said. Thank you very much no worries, for um, making the time to come up here and, and sit with us today. And, um, yeah, we hope we can get this book into lots of people's hands. Pleasure. Thank Such you. Such an important topic. Thank you so much, Matt, no uh, for coming in and visiting with us today. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Ben. And you can buy On Eating Meat by Matthew Evans at booktopia.com.au right now. Thanks for listening to the Booktopia podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And if your eyeballs need a workout... Check us out on YouTube at Booktopia TV. And don't forget, for all books featured on this episode and all episodes of the Booktopia podcast, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore, at www.booktopia.com.au. Thanks for listening.